welcome back everybody to a brand new episode of beyond the dome i am john dodero and for this episode i am not with carlin jacob today carlin was unable to watch the movie that is in the title of this episode but i am here with somebody today that has seen the movie that is in the title of this episode lance johnson is here with me today and lance and i have seen the brand new movie argyle yes brand new movie this is the first movie on inside the dome and beyond the dome that we have seen that is brand new it has only been out for two days so this is a brand new movie and lance this was your first time at the movie theater that we went to as well how'd you like your movie experience it was a beautiful experience you know first time going into the amc and you and i were walking down the hallway trying to look for our theater we got a little bit lost there for a bit but we eventually found it but something that i've never seen from any movie theater that i've been to that the amc only has is those recliner chairs Now, that was a huge plus right there. It's like you have your own couch sitting right there, and all you got to do is just pull up the recliner and just watch the movie. Yes, it was a great watching experience. I love the AMC theater that we went to. Also, the seats were heated, too. But enough with that. Today, in the title, is the movie called Argo. We watched that. Like I said, it just came out on Thursday. This should drop on Saturday. So it's an early review. I'm assuming not many people have seen it yet. So this is perfect. So we will be giving you a non-spoiler review of the movie. And then we will give our final verdict. And then once all of that is done, we will have a spoiler discussion. We will tell you when, or it will be in the description. So you can look then. So... Let's get into the non-spoiler review, but first, just saying what this movie is, it is directed by Matthew Vaughn, and he also directed the Kingsman movies, so those were some action movies, so he had another action movie here, this time Argyle, and it's about a author who writes a spy book, and this is all trailer stuff, so nothing spoiler, so she writes a spy book. And then some stuff from the book starts to happen in real life. So they go on an adventure and there are a bunch of twists and turns in this movie. We will not reveal any of those twists and turns right now, but it's a very twist fed movie. And what's surprising for you and I, we were talking about it on the way back. It's got very bad reviews right now very bad reviews it has a 35 percent on Rotten tomatoes from the critic score ign gave it a four but i don't like ign anyway they gave the iron claw a five and that's ridiculous and they also gave she hulk an eight so there's that too but very weird reviews so i'll let you go first just general thoughts of this movie what'd you think about it I honestly thought it was a good movie. Like we both sat there and I just came in there with no initial thought or any judgment coming into this movie. And of course I did a little bit of a Wikipedia research before I came in. I wanted to have some prior knowledge about the movie before I jump into it, not even knowing what the plot is all about. So we got there, we sat down and the length of the movie was around, around two hours or something like that. Maybe you could give a precise time number there yes but so I th- 
the movie's an hour and th- or it's 139 minutes, which translates to two hours and 19 minutes. Correct. Yeah. So yeah. that movie that was just over two hours, I thought it was an enjoyable movie. From what I thought, I didn't even look at the reviews or anything like that. All I knew is that this was a new movie that came out, highly anticipated. And I saw this off the ad at this pre- the previous movie that I went to just over two months ago. So, and I thought it was like the way it was presented through the advertisement seemed interesting to me. So I'm glad we got to do it today, and I thought it was an enjoyable movie, and the ratings were a little bit of, I would say, deceiving in some ways, like just for me personally, because I thought this was a better movie than what the ratings on the Rotten Tomatoes have shown. Yeah, I agree with you, and just my quick reaction, I enjoyed myself watching this, and... I was reading the IGN one, and it was kind of it was kind of comparing this movie to the director's previous movies, and I've seen a couple of them, but I wasn't even thinking about that. I wasn't thinking of the director's previous work. I kind of went in with an open mind, and I enjoyed it. I really did. It was very fun. I'll get to the negatives a bit later. We'll talk positives first, but there's good action, I would say. It wasn't like groundbreaking action anyway there was like a couple weird cgi parts in the beginning but it was fun action good comedy as well i think it was yeah sam rockwell he was the other main lead him and bryce dallas howard were the two main leads in this movie sam rockwell was very funny in this one i really enjoyed him his comedy timing was very good and it has a big cast too. That's the other thing. Like I said, Bryce Dallas Howard and Sam Rockwell are the two leads. Then you got Brian Cranston, Catherine O'Hara, Henry Cavill, even Dua Lipa, the singer, is in this. John Cena, Samuel L. Jackson. I will just say this. If you are watching this movie for Henry Cavill, on the poster, I'm on Wikipedia right now, on the poster, Henry Cavill is in the front. Then Dua Lipa and Samuel L. Jackson are the second closest people and then our two main characters are like in the third row so just so everybody knows this is not a henry cavill movie he's not the main character so if you think that this is going to be like a whole lot of henry cavill you are going to be disappointed i will say that even if you like dua lipa the singer she's not in it all that much either but even john cena too uh, did i say john cena he's not there he is john cena He's not in it that much either, so if you're watching this for John Cena alone, you'll be disappointed. But Brian Cranston, I told you during the I told you during the movie, I love Brian Cranston, uh, the lead in Breaking Bad, so it's great to see him in anything. He plays the villain, and that was shown in the trailers. He's very fun to watch. Anything he does, I love watching. But big cast and Good action, good stories. I like the twists and turns. We'll get into that a little bit. But I like how the movie kept us kind of on the edge of our seat, like what's going to happen next. In a way, I thought it was very fun. And, I mean, this movie is the definition of twists and turns. At one point, you're thinking something. Then you're thinking something else until you get to the end. And then 
they give you another curveball and stuff like that. So I think that's kind of like the fun of this movie. I'm probably going to put something like that in the title of this episode too, but it was very well acted, I would say. And I enjoyed myself. I don't get the hate that this movie has been getting. Some YouTuber reviews I've seen have actually been more kind to this movie, but I enjoyed it. And we'll break down the full story in the spoiler section because it's kind of hard to talk about all of it. But, and there's also a cat. If you love cats, there is a cat. It's in the trailer. It's a very cute cat. I'm not a cat person personally, but Lance, I don't know if you're a cat person or not. But no, I'm more of a dog kind of person. Yeah. I, think I actually they have, have one at home. That too. I do too. I miss my dog. But they even have like a joke about that too. But the cat has a nice little role in it. I think it's like a CGI cat too. It didn't bother me that much, in my opinion. I know people hate on the CGI. There was a bad CGI moment like in the first fight. But yeah, let's get to the mixed stuff real quick. So the mixed stuff, I would say, it's long. It's very long. It. For what it is, I know there's like Marvel movies that are always this length, but for a movie like this, an hour or two hours and 20 minutes is probably too long. I would have said like two hours max, I think would have been a good time for this movie. Did you have any problems with the length of the movie as well? I did notice that it was a little bit longer than I think it should have been. Especially when you have like the way the plot is, when you think you know what the plot is, it turns out you have another plot twist. So you go through the twists and turns and it's now like, now I got to rethink the whole plot of the movie again. And it happened a few times throughout, right? You have those, those plot twists and now you're questioning like, okay, so the thing about the movie was, is that you really had to follow the storyline carefully or else you're just going to get sidetracked. And then you're not going to even understand what the movie is trying to present to you. So that was what I noticed. And the plot twist got to the point where it became a little little bit predictable. And also just the length of it was just a little too long, I thought. And I would say around the level that you were saying in the length of time for that movie would be around like two hours max. It didn't have to go for almost two and a half hours the way it did. I think it could have done a little bit better if they trimmed some of the scenes out. Yeah, I agree. And we mentioned the plot twists earlier, and there's a lot of times where it's like, oh, you think this, but then here's this. And then you're thinking this, oh, here's another curveball that you weren't thinking. And another one, there there was probably like at least five or six like curveballs that they throw at you. And it's a little hard to follow. In a way, and also, too, we are recording this literally directly after we watched the movie, too. So we're still kind of processing it all as well. But there's there's like a lot of twists and turns. So it's kind of hard to follow. So if you kind of struggle with following a bunch of twists and turns, then this might not be the best for you. You might be a little bit confused. Even at the end, I think there's like a whole little plot twist, too. And... I still don't fully understand it, but we're still processing it. So maybe a little too much twist and turns. Maybe could have been like a little bit more simpler of a movie. Like it's just like a fun movie in a way. That's how it should be. Just like a nice fun movie in a way. Two hour popcorn flick 
it didn't need to be like too complex in the third act. I would say the third act kind of just threw everything at you in a way. It could have just been simpler, this movie. And I would have just done away with some of the twists and turns in the third act. That's kind of where it started to just lose me a little bit, would be the word to say. But that's probably one of my main complaints. I would say also, too, I am a Henry Cavill fan, so him not being in it as much... That was a little underwhelming, and as a John Cena fan, too, a little underwhelming. But those were probably my main concerns. A couple bad CGI shots in the beginning, it was noticeable, but there were some great fights. You and I even mentioned, like, there was one fight where they're using, like, all these smoke colors. It was very enjoyable. That was probably my favorite fight scene of them all. And there, there are some memorable fights, I would say that, but... I really enjoyed it. I really did. I I was I was not bored in this movie. Maybe confused at some points, maybe just a little bit confused, but I was never bored and I would maybe see this again if I was given the chance. I wouldn't be against seeing it again. If anybody asked you to see it again, would you watch it a second time, Lance? I would say yeah, because looking at it the first time, even when I was because the way I approached this was to be actively and to be critically listening and watching the movie. So I actually wasn't being passive. I was actually trying to pay attention to the movie. But the thing was is that if you ask me to go watch the movie again, then I would say, yeah, I would, just so I can understand the movie a little bit better. Like these these are one of the movies where you probably would have to watch it again for a second time. So that way you get a better understanding and that way the memory in your head just picks up the scenes quicker. So it's just like, Oh, I'm familiar with this scene and I'm familiar with that scene. And then you're able to put the story together a lot better than you would the first time around. So this was one of those movies where I think it could have been a scenario just like that. Yeah, I agree with you. It's one that, it's a movie that I would like to see again just to understand all of it completely. It's kind of like one of those movies where you might not get it all on a first watch. But I don't know if I'm not like in the situation where I'm like dying to see it again. Like, oh, my God, I have to drive out tomorrow and watch it again. That was me for the Spider-Man movie. I think No Way Home. I was like, I have to see this again. It wasn't even Oppenheimer 2. I was like, I got to watch it again. It's not like one of those movies that will kind of be reflected in my final rating. But I enjoyed it. I would if somebody told me, hey, you want to see this with me? I would. So I think it's a little overhated from what other other people are saying. So let's get right to final verdict. So I'll go first, at least out of 10. I'll give this a 7 out of 10. I'll give this a nice, solid 7, which in my terms, that just means good. Just straight good. Nothing too great. Nothing average. It was a good movie. I enjoyed it pretty well i there were some problems with it that we'll talk about probably in the spoiler section but it had my interest and i was entertained i had a good time at the movie theater though too long i would say a little too long but i enjoyed myself and i would probably for recommending it to people i'd say it's good for all audiences obviously probably not kids but it's i think it's pg-13 this movie it's not a rated r movie but 
I just it's a nice movie for teenagers, adults. If you want to see it, there's not too much out right now as well. In the time this is dropping, there's not too much out. So I'd give it a recommendation. If you're bored, you want to go to the movies and you just want to see something fun, action involved, I would recommend it. But it's not one I'm going to be like, go see this now or something like that. If you have just very minimal interest, you could wait till streaming. I would say it's not like you have to go to the movies and see it, but if you need to see a movie and you are bored, I would recommend this one. Lance, what would you give it out of 10? I think seven is a good number as well. And just like the way you put it, I thought out of all those numbers that you've chosen there, I thought seven was the right call for this. Now it's not the worst movie or else I'd be giving it a one. And it's not like the most elitist movie or the, greatest movie i've ever seen in my life which i would give it a 10 now even though i I found this movie to be an enjoyable movie and i thought it was good overall and it kept me on the edge of my seat it doesn't stand up to those great movies that i saw like oppenheimer for example it was not at that level but i do believe that the rating of this movie was appropriate for what it was and that was pg-13 now this is something that just about Anybody could watch, but I would not recommend it to someone who's as young of an age, who is around maybe a kid or who's still in elementary school. But yeah. overall, I thought it was a good movie, very enjoyable, and I wouldn't mind seeing it again for a second time, whether if my friends ask me or something like that, because it's one of those movies where you really got to pay attention in order to understand how the storyline is written. Yeah, definitely. And it's not, I would say like if I were to rewatch it, it realistically, I would wait till it's on streaming or something like that. I probably would not see it in the theater again, but some people might, if you enjoy it more, it's probably not going to be for everybody too. We liked it a bit more, but like I said, if you struggle with longer, twist filled movies this might not be for you it might lose you in the third act so it's not for everybody that's something to mention but we enjoyed it we enjoyed it but it's kind of hard to talk about all the specifics without getting into spoilers so we are around the 18 minute mark i will put that in the description so we are going to get to the spoiler discussion now. So if you have not seen the movie and you do not want to be spoiled, I recommend to stop listening now and listen back after you have seen the movie. Or if you do not care to be spoiled, then you can keep listening. But the spoiler discussion will start right now. You have been warned. So we can now talk spoilers completely. Yippee. So this movie... How many twists and turns, I would say? I'd say at least five or six where they just, like, throw something at you. Like, let's... We'll go a little out of order. Normally, I like to go beginning to end. So, so it's... So, there's... So, everything being, like, how it's predicted in the book is... That gets explained. So, I guess the first big thing is that Brian Cranston's character, Ritter, he's, like, the director of the whole thing. He's the dad of uh ellie conway the main character and so he's the dad out of nowhere that's surprise number one and then it's like what's happening and then 
all of a sudden the mom is evil too. That's curveball number two thrown at you. Then it's like Ellie Conway is a spy. She's Argyle, technically, Agent Argyle. And so that's like the third twist. And then the fourth twist is like she was brainwashed by these two people and the like being their kid and all of that. And they were make so essentially her making the books and all that. That's kind of twist number four. She was brainwashed. Then there's like twist number five where uh, she's revealed to be working with the what's the division. She's revealed to be working with the division and she killed the one dude. So there's twist number five. Twist number six is she's still good in a way. That's kind of what you said. She's It's got a little predictable. She's still good. So then they give you another twist there. And then the ending, Henry Cavill's character is real. That's twist number seven. And honestly, twist number eight in the mid credit scene, you know that Kingsman thing in the mid credit scene? So yeah. that's so that's the director. He made the Kingsman movies. So oh, for real, there's like a trilogy of Kingsman movies. So I'm assuming it's all connected. So that's twist. I think number seven right there. So there was like seven, eight twists in this movie. <laughs> Pretty insane. Yeah. I think. I had the feeling that that movie was some sequel to some previous series before that and that connection to the Kingsman just like you said I feel like it has something to do with it because something about the character of R. Kyle we were supposed to know of in some previous movie before that so we should have known before coming into the movie that she was once this good person who served for the services or something like that and then she all of a sudden decides that it wasn't what she stood for. So she turned against them. And then just like that, she killed the one dude and then him and the, no, not him. I mean, her and the other agent can't remember whose name is who, who, who you might call it, but they were fighting together side by side as what it was shown in the imagination, of the movie, you saw this, it- a numerous amount of times of John Cena and then Henry Cavill being like these made up hero like figures that were written in the book by Ellie Conway and it was it was really interesting I'll say that like that was the first thing I said about the movie it was really interesting and just when we got down to the ending credits and you saw that scene there that looked like it was going to lead to a prequel of something else and it was giving a hint, hint that there is an Argyle out there. So this is a sequence of something and it's got something to do with the Kingsman movie. And also too, I think that ending, I think this is like the first of multiple movies. It kind of teased, they said like book one or something like that at the end. So I think they're probably gonna make another one. So this is according to Wikipedia and it's probably not because this is the second day it's been out. It's probably like not the most updated plot summary possible, but it says it is in the mid credit scene. It is revealed that the first novel 
is based on Argyle's life with a flashback sequence revealing that a young Argyle has collaborated with the Kingsman Agency. So essentially tying Argyle to the Kingsman movies that the director has also made. So I guess that's the ending. So we'll get back to that. We're going to go to the beginning real quick. We'll do a quick little plot summary, just giving our thoughts. So it starts literally with the trailer at the start of the trailer that I think we've seen so many times with Henry Cavill's Argyle dancing with Dua Lipa's character. And then all the guns are pointed at them. That's how the movie starts straight up. Just that whole scene. And then she's escaping. Henry Cavill's chasing her in a very bad CGI shot of him driving on roofs. It was so bad, but, and then do a leap on her bike. Oh my God. The CGI here. Thankfully, this was the only bad time. I would say that was, it was like noticeable. It was like some CW stuff. But then John Cena, the sidekick, uh, captures her. But also, too, there was a third character, the other woman, and she gets shot, and then that comes back later. That's really, oh, that's twist number eight or nine right there, that extra girl character. She lives, she gives the advice to Ellie Conway through the email, and then that helps her in the end. So there's like the whole other twist right there. So... John Cena and Henry Cavill capture Dua Lipa, and then they kind of tease that the agent or the division, like the big evil group, is not really friendly to Agent Argyle, and then that's kind of where it stops, and they go back to real life. So throughout the movie, they they show Henry Cavill here and there. That's kind of how Ellie Conway views. She sees Henry Cavill's Argyle still through uh, Aiden. That's the other main character played by, I had the cast up, played by Sam Rockwell. So it's essentially Aiden and Ellie. They're the two main characters who we follow. And out of the gate, and it, I do agree with you, it would be good to like go back and rewatch this movie knowing that the mother is bad the whole time. I think that would be pretty cool as well. But then we get the train fight and... Any general thoughts on that whole train fight that happened? Revealing stuff a little bit. It was noticeable, I thought of, initially at first. She was sitting on the train, going up to her mother's place in another town. And she sits there, reading her book. And then, all of a sudden, this new character comes in. He's a little bit of a scraggly old dude. He's got thick mustache with the beard extending down past his chest like a a movie character from out of the hobbit and he just sits there he unfolds his book he's a little bit annoying to her at first trying to get her attention and try to act like this scraggly old dude or a hobo you would say and then he stops messing with her as the train goes on and then he reads her book which I think was on purpose with like, I remember the scene shot where he has the book that she has written open. And then I realized then, Oh yeah, there's definitely something going to go down here. It, It showed to me there was a setup that he was a spy and those other passengers on the train that were sitting with them in that compartment of the train alone, just that one 
cart of the train. The rest were also spies as well, but they were the bad spies targeting Ellie Conway. So essentially, the hobo guy was actually the good guy trying to protect her. And then just right onto the action, just fists and knives and guns were just splattering away and just so much going on at once and just looking at it. It was an action-packed sequence from the train scene. That's what I got to say about it. Yeah, so I kind of predicted like that was going to happen. I think they showed a lot of that in the trailer, like he was going to help her. So I, I was kind of ready for all that, but it was a good sequence, fun action sequence, some funny moments here and there. But So essentially, it's revealed that this division, like the main bad group led by Brian Cranston's Ritter, is out to get Ellie because essentially what the novel the novel is predicting the future it's predicting the future which we learn later that the novel is just Ellie's past memories and so the novel is predicting the future so they're trying to get her but you learn you learn essentially that the division is trying to get Ellie to like relive her memories in a way so that they can get information too, because both uh, Aiden and the division are trying to get that flash drive, which I guess has all of the information about the division, like every top secret about the division. So I guess in Ellie's past memories, she knows how to get that flash drive. So they're all kind of that's it's like hard to, I'm trying to like picture it out. Like, cause there's so many twists and turns in this movie. There's so many. So I'm, I'm going to do my best to like, try to explain what happens. Cause Wikipedia is not very detailed right now. We use Wikipedia for the Ted review it is much more descriptive than this. But so essentially Aiden and Ellie are trying to stop the division so they go to London and they search for the master key, which is what would expose the division and it's referenced in her novels. And then, so then there's a fight in that abandoned apartment. It's a fun scene. And then, so they're, they're in the hotel, Ellie and Aiden. And then Aiden's talking about like how he wants to kill Ellie. But then we learn like that wasn't really true. But Ellie panics and calls her parents to come to London and they do pretty quickly too. But then it's pretty simple to understand why when you realize that they're a part of the division, then Brian Cranston's character Ritter comes in and that's the next twist of the movie. It's like, Oh, he's the dad little Spider-Man homecoming vibe right there. But so then, so then Aiden comes in and then there's a shoot off and then the mother is evil too. And then, he shoots the mother, who happens to have a bulletproof vest. Very, has shown a lot in movies, bulletproof vests. And so then they flee. And, oh my goodness. So then, isn't that when they go to Samuel L. Jackson's place after that? Like once they flee? I think, yeah. Yeah, uh, that was it. They fled uh, to the um, fields, the... Farm fields, yeah, and somewhere in central France. Yeah. Something like that, yeah. Had so, that little, little secret place. 
Yeah, so then we meet Samuel L. Jackson, who is essentially... His name is... Oh, what is his name? It's the name of the cat, too. It's uh, Alfie. So Samuel L. Jackson's character is the same name as the cat, Alfie. And essentially, I thought this would be later in the movie based on the trailers. This was probably like in the midway point. Um, so it's revealed. The next big twist, that Ellie is Agent Arkyle, and specifically Agent Rachel Kyle. So, and she is an agent who has been brainwashed by the Division, and Ritter and the mom have been playing as her parents, as they have Ellie essentially try to recant her memories through the books. So, she was brainwashed, and yeah, so that happened. And so it's, so Ellie is a spy the whole time and her and Aiden had a relationship. So then that's good. That's good. No, I get that. So I like that twist. I like it. It's working for me. I'm understanding everything. But then, then we get to the part where Ellie is, so she goes to the next place, uh, Oh, my. Okay, so I'm going to read off... The Arabian Peninsula? Yeah, I'm going to read off of Wikipedia real quick just to say this part better. So, Ellie is Rachel Kyle, which we said, who was captured and brainwashed by the Division five years ago. She put her suppressed memories into the novels, so I said all of that. With the latest Argyle novel, Ellie was about to reveal the whereabouts of the Master Key before her cover was blown. Okay. So that's where we are. So then they travel to Arabia. That's where they go next. So as Rachel now, she's able to get the master key from the person. And she has to prove that she's Rachel. She has to get her memories back. Henry Cavill's Argyle kind of gives her that boost of momentum. But then the division comes. And Ritter, essentially, I'm reading off of Wikipedia again here. Ritter, the division's director, reveals that Rachel was one of their most loyal assets after which she offers to interrogate Aiden. So, okay, so Wikipedia is not going to explain the whole thing. So essentially, Rachel, or Ellie, we'll go with Rachel from now on. Rachel was a part of the division. So that's the next big twist. This is where, I don't know if you thought the same way. This is where I started to get a little confused with all of the the facts behind everything. Did you feel the same way? Or I did in a sense, yeah. Yeah. It's so she's been working. So I get that she was a spy and the division needed her to get her memories back. But if she was working for the division, the how how did she lose her memories again? It was it didn't really explain. They just told about how like she ended up in the hospital. The division came to see her. Her memory was a blank state, so they had to program her in the division's way to give her back her memories. So they programmed her they, the way they wanted her to be, which made yeah. Ellie Conway. So they didn't really explain the reason why she ended up in the hospital. 
you all you yeah, saw yeah. was that she was standing in front of some, the monument in London, and then yeah. there was like this big ball of flames, and then she ended up in the hospital, and the division just took control of her from there because she had no working memory. She only trusted the division, which were the only people that helped, that gave her the memories that they wanted to give her, and that was her um, evil mom and the evil dad. Yeah, and like we said, the reason why Wikipedia probably is a weak plot summary is this movie just came out too, and we are literally recording this just after we watched it, so it's kind of hard for us to remember all of the nitty-gritties. That's why it's not a bad movie to see twice. That's kind of why we said it, because... So maybe it's when she jumped out of the building she was in the coma? So she was in the coma, and then that's how the Division got her again. But I'm assuming she was working with the division before. I think she was like a double agent beforehand. I think that's how it was because she had then she had a history with Aiden too. So she had a history with both the division and Aiden, and so I guess I guess I think it traces back to the beginning scenes back in Greece. You remember that scene where they catch Dua Lipa? They put her on the table. They have the coffee out. That was real. They asked her, like, they asked the character of Dua Lipa was, who let you know that we were coming here? Yeah. And she gave out the information, and I think it was from the division that told her that they were going there. So it was like a stab in the back. Yeah. It was. So that's why they left the division. Yeah, that's true, because we realized that that first scene actually happened between Rachel, Aiden... And then, uh, I don't know who Dua Lipa's character was back then, but maybe it was Dua Lipa. I don't know, but it's I... Lagrange. Okay, something Is that like the that. Yeah, the character. Okay. Yeah, I just looked it up. Okay, so we can't fully explain like how she was in the coma and all that. We're just doing our best there, but so essentially that all happened. So she was working with the agency or the division, and. So then she shoots Aiden, but then we realize that she shot him in a certain point in his chest so he would live because she got that advice in a fan email, which we realize is from one of the characters that they mentioned earlier was on the team that got shot but lived because the bullet went in her stomach in a certain spot. And that character is... Oh, that's a good question. Um, it, I know what, the actress's name, but I don't know the character's name. What's the actress's name? I, I think might. it is Ariana DeBose. Yeah. So the character's name... Yep, I see it right there. The character's name is Kiera. Kiera. So Kiera ends up sending... So she was on the team, and then because that mission at the beginning was real, she got shot but lived, but then she essentially went undercover in the division and then sent the message to Rachel, and then she realized to shoot Aiden in the certain spot, and then Kiera came at the very end to save them, which we'll get to in a second. So then uh, Rachel and Aiden are back together again, and the cat is saved too. The cat made it through all of that, and they have probably the best fight scene. 
in the movie with all the smoke and all of that. That was very fun. Very colorful. Had that was my favorite scene. It was a great scene. And it's like, obviously, it's not believable in a way, but nothing in this movie really is. But very enjoyable scene. Then we had that roller skating scene with the oil. Yeah, yeah. That was something. (laughs) That was... (laughs) Little hard to believe that she can do all that. That was what was going through my mind too. And also, the one point I was like confused with was, you know how they weren't shooting their guns because of the oil all on the ground. Yeah, and then even I got confused with that. So then Brian Cranston's character is like, "Screw the safety measures! I just want her dead." But then Rachel just starts spraying the gun. I'm like, did none of that hit the oil or anything? Like, you're... That you gotta wonder. Risky. And they were making it... It's, it made it seem like Brian Cranston's character was like... Ritter was like, I don't care if you all die. Shoot your guns so that she's dead. Something like that. But then she just starts spraying and then the oil doesn't get hit at all. So that kind of confused me. I yeah. don't know. That's the knife part, too, was what confused me. They were like, put your guns down. We're going to get our knives out, and we're going to go after Rachel. And she was already hiding behind, so she already had the high ground. She was hiding behind some object, and she already had a gun. So, I mean, she could have just propped up and already took all the lives of all those guys that were yeah. trudging through the oil, slipping, and couldn't didn't really have a stable foothold so they're walking out with their knives they already dropped their guns from their previous positions and they were walking toward rachel she already had a gun in her hand and she was already on skates it was like the worst planned out like assault that you could possibly think of like who was behind whose idea was it to run this sort of poor formation it was it was just a little bit confusing to me as well. But without that, Rachel wouldn't have won. Yeah. And Rachel just ends up shooting her gun anyway. So, yeah. It's like, why did like, you just shoot him? become so game? skilled so fast. Yeah. She went also, like pure X Games mode there. Yeah. And also, too, there was like some room at the end of the in the hallway where there wasn't oil on the ground. I thought they would just go back there and then shoot the ground and blow everybody up but that didn't happen i thought it was gonna blow too right around that time yeah flames and bursting everywhere yeah so then essentially and also too back when uh it was revealed that she was with the division she's all bad and all that she ends up sending that hard drive information to nick on nick fury i was about to say nick fury samuel l jackson's character so they're sending a long upload and Essentially, the division is trying to stop the upload. So then Brian Cranston's character dies because the cat goes on his head to distract them, and then Aiden shoots him. Sad death for Brian Cranston. Or Ritter, I should say. But so then we get the final scene, like the final boss fight in a way. So they're doing the uplink at, outside of the ship. It's revealed that they're on a ship. And then the mother comes out, or the fake mother, and she essentially hypnotizes uh, Rachel again. So then Rachel and Aiden fight, and Aiden refuses the fight. 
Rachel is about to kill Aiden with the little footstop joke that they said earlier. But then Kiera came came out of nowhere and stops the brainwashing and then takes out the mother. And then Rachel doesn't kill Aiden. And then it's a happy ending. They get the uplink and uh, they blow up the ship. Successful ending right there. And then we get the final scene. The final scene. She's back at the book place. She finished her book writing about everything that happened. She shouts out Kiera, uh, Samuel L. Jackson, and Aiden. And then all of a sudden, Henry Cavill stands up, who was the imaginary Argyle. And then, I forget what his question was, but he stands up, showing that he was real. He is a real person. And then the post credit scene shows that the first novel was based on his life, I believe. So, yeah, that's the movie. Right there, a lot of twists, a lot of turns. It's probably going to be in the description of this episode. Too many twists, but very. I enjoyed it despite it being too confusing. I would say, despite it being too confusing, I enjoyed it. But any final spoiler thoughts with this movie? I think we got it well covered with what you said in the summary i mean you put the words so well together and i mean easy to follow i would say this though just like in my opinions that i would restate again i thought it was a very entertaining movie and the plot twist got a little bit predictable at the end there and it just seemed like they overdid it a little bit but I will say it did keep me on the edge of my seat. And I think this movie was better than what it has been rated to be. Nothing special, but I thought it was a good movie. Yeah, I agree with you. I It was good. That's why I gave it a 7. I wouldn't go any higher than a 7. I wouldn't call it great or anything like that. But I enjoyed it, despite it being a bit too confusing near the end. I enjoyed it. So... Definitely see it. Well, if you're listening at this point, you probably have already seen it or you just don't care. But thank you all for listening. I hope you all uh, enjoyed our review. Sorry, I'm burping a bit from the Pepsi I was drinking at the movie theater. But thank you all for listening to our full review on the movie Argyle. Our first of many new movie reviews that we will do on Beyond the Dome. That's kind of our goal going to February to review the top new movies that come out right when they come out, too. We do not want to be late on them. The next movie in the distance that I think we will review is sadly Madam Web. And it's a superhero movie, and I don't think it's going to be very well, so it's probably going to be a mixed review. But... I think that might be during the same time as our Drake concert, so that might change when we review it. So it might not be as on time, but that's probably the next movie review that we will do on Beyond the Dome. Our next episode, Carlin should be back for it, will be highlighting the Grammys. Everything that happened with the Grammys, we will cover all of it. Carlin and I will watch it live at the same time, and we will watch it and give our reactions on the winners. So that will probably drop on Monday. So stay tuned for that on Beyond the Dome. And always check out our Inside the Dome episodes. We will have three episodes dropping next week. So definitely stay tuned. It is Super Bowl time. We will make our Super Bowl predictions. Lance might be a part of that too. So definitely stay tuned for that. It should be 
Very exciting on Inside the Dome and Beyond the Dome as well. We have content for both podcasts dropping next week. So definitely stay tuned. It's going to be a very fun week. Uh, Make sure, as always, to follow us on our social medias, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, and TikTok. Right now, those social medias cover both Inside and Beyond the Dome. So make sure to check those out. You can find all those links and all of our podcast platforms in the link in bio. If you are listening to us on Apple Podcasts or Overcast, go to the podcast website and click the link in bio there. But other than that, I hope you all enjoyed this episode of our first movie review on Beyond the Dome. I hope you all enjoyed it. Lance, thank you as always for joining me. I'm happy I did not have to talk to myself in this episode so i appreciate having you on for this one but other than that though with lance johnson i am john dodero have a great day everybody and see you next time on beyond the dome